nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. This is Leanne Meyer. And uh, today we are going to be talking about uh, reigniting a love of nursing. Um, I talked, let's see, I, I guess I should start out by saying that my guest today uh, is Lynn Robertson, Robertson and his wife, Patty Robertson. And uh, Lynn was on the show on July 30th with a show called, um, uh, what did we call that? It was on burnout. Yeah, it was uh, a episode regarding leadership yeah. and how to uh, recruit uh, leaders to help prevent burnout. Right. So really focusing on that burnout is uh, something that can be recognized and it can be dealt with. Um, and so I, I repeated that session again on September 17th. So some of you may have heard that. We had such incredible response to it that I thought that I would like to have Len come back. And he invited his wife, who has also been involved in dealing with some issues of burnout. And um, so we are here today, and we're going to be talking. Our topic today um, is going to be, as I said, the reigniting a love of nursing. And part of what burns out the love of nursing seems to be uh, many different aspects, and we'll kind of go into some of those. Um, I think uh, you may or may not remember if you heard the previous shows, Len has been working on some software and some education materials that people can actually learn from them directly, and he's also recently written a book. So before we get into that, I'm just going to introduce both of them or have them introduce themselves. So Len, do you want to tell us about yourself and again a little bit of your bio, how you got here? Thanks, Leanne. And uh, yeah, my name is Len Robinson. I am a practicing nurse anesthetist in the Twin Cities. And um, along with uh, the anesthesia role, I, uh, I'm also a certified life coach. And I work with my lovely wife, Patty, uh, for a nonprofit called Project Delta. But this is her baby, and I'll let her tell you about or tell us about her role as founder and CEO of Project Delta. I also have a, a interest in burnout. Specifically, I'm, I'm more interested, I guess, in, uh, in people reclaiming their life, taking their life back, and living to their full potential. A lot of this stems from my, my history in that I, I had cancer at a young age, at 22. And for most of my adult life, I, I have researched and read and uh, really explored purpose, passion, and mission in life. And that has uh, been my focus for about five years in helping to share what I've learned, the message that I've developed, and um, and it's been well-received. I. I think uh, it is an epidemic, this uh, issue of disengagement and and burnout, not only for nurses, but the general workforce. So 
Um, yeah. Patty, tell Patty. us a little bit about yourself and how you came to this same uh, area, I guess, of interest. So my name is Patty Robinson, and as you said, I'm, I'm Len's wife. I've been a nurse since 1986. I've been in my current place of employment since 1988. So that's just, I just celebrated 30 years with um, in, my, in um, the nursing field. I've worked in various capacities. I actually started out as an LPN and did that for eight years before going back and getting my RN. So I've um, I've worked in both capacities in different areas. I've done hospital nursing. I've done school nursing just for a very short time, but then came back to the hospital system. I worked um, with inpatient and outpatient combination. Um, so I, I, in the current place that I'm at over 30 years now, I've seen a lot of changes in the system, um, a merger. So I've also seen the process of fading out as to who we were, mm-hmm. as to who we are now. And that came with a lot of leadership changes as well. Yes. Uh, say more also about the project that Lynn was oh, just talking about. Yes. Um, in uh, Starting at the very end of 2008, 14, I was really struggling with what what I wanted to, you know, really what moved me. And um, I was introduced to the concept of uh, the service dog world with veterans. Len is a retired Army captain, and so we I, I spent many years supporting him in, in the military. Our son went into the Marine Corps, um, so that really got me into a vol- volunteer capacity, but I learned that there were transitioning out of the military. There were some serious gaps, some serious holes, um, and part of my, my passion was the rescue and shelter dog world, and I was able to bring them together, and at the very end of 2014, that concept came to me. I've been working, um, I spent a couple of years figuring that out, and we launched our organization, Project Delta, the um, in 2016, and we've been growing um, very responsively, but it's it's taken it's definitely taken root, and um, it's really kind of combined um, a lot of my passions in putting it together. Great, mm-hmm. Len. Let's go back to this uh, concept of burnout and talk about. Uh, I know we kind of addressed this in the first session that that you were here, but maybe just a quick overview of what some of the issues are in burnout in nursing. Yeah, um, many of us have experienced some degree of burnout, and uh, I also wrote a white paper about this topic, and I did quite a lot of research for that paper, and I found that the turnover is quite high. Uh, it's actually gone up 2% uh, over last year to about 18.2%, I guess, is what the current turnover rate is, and it costs hospitals between 4.4 and $7 million a year, so it's it's a real problem. Would that be for each hospital? Yes, yeah. okay. depending on the size of the hospital. I believe that, just with what I've seen. <clears throat> yeah, but you know what is most important to me are the stories of the hardship and disappointment that nurses mm-hmm. experience, and and it's because of that. I, I feel like I, as I mentioned in the last uh, podcast, I feel like I'm kind of at the twilight of my career, and and I feel like I could give back a great deal by uh, by helping other nurses, whether 
anesthesia providers or staff nurses. I mean, obviously, you know, physicians, they get a lot of publicity for the burnout crisis among physicians. So anyway, I, I really want to give back. And this is my, my mission now to help nurses everywhere to overcome burnout, to prevent burnout, and to really um, get the most out of life. I feel like many of us are just kind of trudging through life and not experiencing all the all the joy and potential that is out there. Mm-hmm. And with a few tweaks here and there, I, th- I think it's possible to to really not only prevent burnout. Well, I think that's what we want to talk about is kind of what does burnout look like. So if there's some stories we can talk about. And Patty, you had said that you have experienced some yeah. burnout. And yeah, maybe if you want to give kind of a brief description of that, and maybe we can kind of talk about mm-hmm. um, what I, I think what you were talking about, many people can relate yes. to. Yeah. So let's use that and then see if we can talk about how you deal with that. Um, I think I think one of the main the main problems is is oftentimes as nurses we're asked to do more and more with less resources and less support and um, with the technology I'm seeing that people's faces are in computers more than they're actually interacting with patients mm-hmm. and it often can feel like an assembly line mm-hmm. and in the current position that I'm in right now that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. It felt like we were just um, more and more getting more and more patients through the door mm-hmm. and less support in which to do it. I spent years as a permanent charge nurse doing that, but then also managing, you know, multiple rooms of mm-hmm. of um, procedures at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so you were in an OR. No, I was in a non-invasive stress okay. testing lab, okay. where I was a charge nurse, but also seeing patients mm-hmm. at the same time, mm-hmm. and um, and trying to do justice to both roles. You were responsible to the charge nurse role, but you were responsible to the safety and the and and the well-being of these patients that you were seeing. And I work in a heart area. So um, I think that that has, it was like an assembly line. Mm-hmm. So Lynn, address that a little bit, kind of, that's not an unusual situation, no. correct? Oh, absolutely not. That's, uh, it's becoming more common. And um, I remember Patty, uh, now this is a person that loved, absolutely loved being a nurse from the time we met at Mm-hmm. hospital she currently works and so I, I remember her just absolutely loving it and finally it got to a point where she wasn't the same person uh, coming home from work and not feeling excited about her day and and it progressively worsened and um, I think a lot of what she experienced was leadership issues mm-hmm and would you like to talk about Well, just not feeling supported by your leader providing, you know, a, the proper equipment and just looking at that staffing model and recognizing that it was just too much mm-hmm. for any one person to, you know, there was never, there was never a threshold to stop and say enough is enough. Mm-hmm. That threshold was never existed. Yeah, and I think we. Hard. I think Glenn and I talked about this too last time. But um, what I found early on in my nursing, or fairly early on, is that 
they keep putting more on us and nurses kept saying we can't do it mm-hmm. and then we do it because you didn't want our because you didn't you want, want the patient it's right. about the patients but exactly. also those coming on exactly you didn't want to do it to your coworkers. exactly and mm-hmm. and you didn't want it done to you either. exactly so um that came you know that that trusting relationship the relationship mm-hmm period, having Mm -hmm. a relationship with the other people, having a relationship with the patients, but not necessarily having a relationship with administration. Exactly. And so what I found is they would say, um, oh, the nurses always say they can't do it. And then they do. But we always did. And we always got through it. And we did it. Yeah. And there was no, and and, and so you did get through the day and you did get that that number of patients through Mm -hmm. without the support that you needed. But the question is, is do you leave feeling right fulfilled and right. gratified and, and like you did I want to go back to what Patty was saying you talked about as more technology came mm-hmm. in you're more focused on uh, dealing with that mm-hmm. and how much is actually being spent with the patient my experience mm-hmm. of being a nurse and loving nursing is that patient exactly. nurse bond mm-hmm. being able to really get to know them get to know the family be able to understand you're picking up things either by intuition or by just you know hands on hands on conversation there, you're doing Eye the contact. bath with them Eye you're contact. picking up all kinds of stuff they learn to trust you they mm-hmm. start telling you things they haven't mm-hmm. told anybody else mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen when you're focused on the computer right and so uh, Lynn do you want <clears throat> to address that a little bit how much does the computer and the technology have oh. a negative impact for oh, nurses it's, it's huge in fact I, last time I was on I I spoke about a study that was done through the University of Minnesota School of Nursing and um I think it was Hennepin County Medical Center, where they uh, the concept of uh, complexity compression, where we're this very thing where we're expected to do more with less uh, less time. We're we're charting more. We're uh, we're accountable to uh, regulations. Yeah, all these things, and oh, and, and they yes. call it complexity compression. It's a great mm-hmm. term, and I think it really it really does speak to that component of, uh, of burnout. Um, you know, and, and getting back to, you know, Patty had some issues with, and I think this is so key, she had issues with leadership at that time that she was feeling really stressed. Mm-hmm. And in my research, I found that um, leadership is responsible for about 70% of their staff's uh, fulfillment or engagement exactly. at work and now I think Patty could talk about a change in the uh, leadership and what that okay. has done for the unit I think they had to think outside the box a little bit the leaders the leaders the, mm-hmm. the, the highest leader so was this after the tra- um, yes the I actually merger stepped, happened oh yeah that was that okay. was long into it and I think um, um, I recognized that I needed to step back and um, we needed to look outside the box and look at a leader that can come in and that despite pushback from her, his or her upper management to recognize, because they were in the trenches, to recognize um, this isn't going to feel good and this is going to be hard, but ultimately this is my staff and I need to fight for them. And I need to, I need to stand up and say, no, you need to listen to them. listening to the actual worker bees and when you start listening to the worker bees you 
leadership can start getting creative ideas yes. because it's coming from those that are actually right. doing the job. And, and they see happening. options and possibilities, mm-hmm. but they feel like it doesn't make any difference if I speak up or not. Right. Um, we're um, coming up to a break here, and I think mm-hmm. we'll just go ahead and take it at this point. And um, we will be back in a couple of minutes. So this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer. I'm here today. We're talking about reigniting a love of nursing. I'm here with Lynn Robinson and his wife, Patty Robinson. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact Senior Executive Producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And I'm here today with uh, Len Robertson and his wife, Patty. Um, Len has been here before talking about burnout, and that's what we wanted to talk about now. But our focus today is about how to reignite a love, love of nursing. 
So um, when we broke before, uh, Patty was telling us about how a change of leadership made a tremendous change in the level of uh, satisfaction of the nurses. So mm-hmm. do you want to finish that? Um, I think what was what really kind of started to flip things a little bit was this this gal that came on board. She um, she was not afraid to stand up for her staff. Um, and she wasn't afraid to go to when decisions needed to be made about this, that, and the other things. She really wasn't afraid to stick her neck out for her staff and get people, you know, get her leaders to stop and say, just listen to us. Mm-hmm. Listen to what my staff is saying. Um, we can get this done. We can get patient satisfaction to where it needs to be because they're in it. She was our voice and she wasn't afraid to stick her neck out. Mm-hmm. And once that happened, the whole mindset changed. Her staff works harder for her, and um, it, it made More a difference. Joyously. It was, because we knew yeah. she really did have our back. Yes. And then the patients pick it up, too, oh, not only yeah. because, they're, because feeling, we were feeling better. they're feeling the positivity from the nurse Coming right off of us. But they also hear and feel the energy on the floor exactly. that's more positive. Exactly. Glenn, pick that up and talk to me about how that makes, how makes a difference or how, how the leadership plays into that. Well, uh, again, in my research, leadership is the linchpin or can be the linchpin to um, address burnout and disengagement. So I think the message is starting to percolate and uh, we're starting to see uh, not only in medicine, but more so in the business world where leadership is they're changing that paradigm to mm-hmm. to support their staff and and i think it is coming full circle again in in, in nursing and in the medical field in general because uh, the burnout crisis is just so uh, severe um yeah so the so leadership is a huge huge uh, factor however I, I also feel that if it's okay, I was going oh, yeah, to just yeah. give it a little yes. bit Go and, uh, and talk about the fact that it, it's also in, incumbent upon upon the individual nurse to take responsibility for their happiness. Mm-hmm. And um, and I I guess I learned that the hard way when I went through a period of burnout. I learned that well, I can't blame the the system any longer. I need to take responsibility mm-hmm. for my burnout and make changes accordingly to, to make a better life. And there's this quote by uh, Nancy Duarte. She did a TEDx talk. It's, it goes like, uh, the future is not a place you are going. It's, it's something you get to create. And mm-hmm. my feeling is that um, for so long, nurses uh, in particular, being that we are caregivers and we don't want to we don't want to stir the pot or cause any trouble. We just kind of accept things and and go with it. However, in the process, the tension mounts mm-hmm. and, and the ongoing stress causes the symptoms of burnout. Yeah. Which, and, do you want to say what those are just for a minute? Um, yeah, the, the biggies, of, I can tell you what I experienced and which is very common. Um, a, Eventually, it becomes uh, headaches, mm-hmm. sleep deprivation, chronic fatigue, mm-hmm. um, anxiety, just feeling a, a sense of anxiety. Time, just yeah. general, not wanting to go to work. Yeah, oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then 
but eventually, and this is the hard part, um, there becomes this uh, compassion fatigue that sets mm-hmm. in, yes. which is the the that's really the point where you really need to address the the problem uh, because many nurses get there. You you feel this compassion fatigue, and you you question yourself. You know why why am I feeling this way mm-hmm. when it's essentially the culmination of all this stress mm-hmm. that a person feels, and mm-hmm. and of course the nurses don't want to feel that they're yeah. we're there because we are compassionate people. So, and how much of that comes around to not feeling they have control that other people, the administration, the money, the you know the um, the um, legislature. I mean, all of those other things that seem to be putting on the nurse rather than the nurse being mm-hmm. able to decide. This is what nursing needs to be. This is what we. This is the money we need to be able to do the job that we do. Um, we don't feel like we're the ones in control. We feel like we're the ones being told what to do, and you figure it out by administrators. By administrators. Mm-hmm. So, and that's part of the reason I am writing this book. It's called. Um, I call it Love It or Leave It. I currently have a companion book to the, the main book. It's a rather slow process writing the book mm-hmm. if, for anyone that has yes. written a book. And and the, first and foremost, what I want is, um, my hope is that this book will encourage nurses to step back and do a thorough self-assessment yes. and then begin to take back control of the circumstances their circumstances, and then create the life that they desire, uh-huh. and it and it literally is a taking back of control. And there are, in in the book, I do talk about steps, um, systems, philosophies, mindsets that can be done to help help you along that um, that process. But then, it um, in order to make a sustainable change, you you do need a plan, a system, and a mindset based on your values. And that's so important that nurses don't compromise on their values mm-hmm. and that they they keep their values at the forefront and then make make the changes based on their value system. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of like those leaders standing up for her staff. The exactly. nurse has to stand up for her values and exactly. her own integrity. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and there's you know there's so much more. It's um, I think that it it's a mindset that needs to switch a bit where the nurse individual nurses d- decide that I'm, I I have to make a change. And there's so much so many changes that can take place that aren't necessarily real big moves or you know all it takes is a little tweak here and there, as I said, and it can make the world of difference. And, um, you know, it includes things like, what is your philosophy of life? You know, have you, have you thought about what it is that you stand for? How, or when was the last time you really thought about what it, what is your philosophy? And I often believe that it, it includes service. You know, mm-hmm. we, we are in the compassion business, I, I like to say. Mm-hmm. And, and if you lose that compassion and that willingness to serve your patients, um, you know, then maybe you need to question whether or not this is the field for you. And or it, the area. Or the area. area. Yeah, and that's the wonderful thing about nursing is there are so many different places mm-hmm. you can go into. Um, I just 
uh, did a reference for somebody today that uh, had been thinking about for quite a while that she wanted to go into the WOC, the wound care nursing, uh, wound ostomy care, and uh, she just hadn't done it yet. So I got a reference for, or asked, she asked me for a reference to be able to go to school for this kind of training. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> because she finally just grabbed on to what she knew she wanted to do and where she felt she could have a little more autonomy mm-hmm. uh, uh, with the patients and even with the surgeons. And I could give you an example of myself. I, I worked in a very busy hospital here in the Twin Cities, one of the referral hospitals, very high acuity. Uh, I was on call, and um, year after year of that, it, ju- it just it really wore me down. And and I made a change. I, I left that setting. Now I am doing surgery centers, endoscopy centers, and okay. and it's and it's great. I I miss some of the acuity of, of the mm-hmm. hospital setting, but you know, and I am getting to be a little older, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, it's it's been a very nice change. I think Patty could mm-hmm. attest to that. That I'm much happier, and and that's just a, that's a an example of a, a change you can make to to make a big difference in in your overall well being. And as you said, mm-hmm. for nurses in ICU and they're burned out, mm-hmm. there are so many areas that they could consider mm-hmm. now the money is an issue you know I know that they're um, to go from a acute setting like that to uh, say a clinic setting mm-hmm. there is sometimes uh, isn't is that right there is significant there is mm-hmm. pay. but your well-being definitely yeah. always is worthwhile that money mm-hmm. and one thing I talk about is extending your your runway and what I mean by that is um, I personally a mistake I made was I got out of anesthesia school and for so long my family and I sacrificed, lived on essentially nothing. I Now suddenly I'm making a decent income and I went out and I spent too much money. Oh, okay. And I bought a cabin, I, a lake home, I did these things that I thought I was entitled to. But then the American I, dream. Yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and and I learned that, you know what, happiness does not depend on, all right, I, I don't depend on things for happiness. And it was one of those epiphanies that really changed my life. And my lovely wife <laughs> helped me in that regard. Um, so I sold everything. And um, But what I wanted to say is that in order to afford all that, I had to work extra hours, mm-hmm. a lot of overtime, mm-hmm. 60 hours a week. And by extending my runway financially, mm-hmm. it allowed me to, by selling things off, I was able to cut back mm-hmm. and work a reasonable schedule. And and then later move sure. into the surgery center. And then and actually have the energy to do the, some of those things that you wanted to do, but right. maybe not the added pressure of trying to keep up a boat and a house and a cabin and a exactly. cars and whatever else uh, was needed. So. so just some examples of, of things you can do. But there's also things you can do actually at work that can make mm-hmm. a big difference. Yeah, so, tell us about that. Um, I, be, I believe that um, one, one thing I, I mentioned, I'm also a life coach and um I have the privilege of coaching veterans in our in our uh, veteran service doc program, 
and most of them have PTSD. Um, and I use this, uh, I came up with this, uh, I guess, uh, philosophy of life. As I, I mentioned earlier, I think it's important to, for us all to think about what that would be. And I call my philosophy the tranquility diamond. I had to come up with something, mm-hmm. some name, because I, I often talk When you're writing about a this. book, you have to. Yeah, right. <laughs> And, and it involves life purpose, passion, mission, and, and also a deeply held sense of gratitude. Um, so I, I would like to um, say that presence, being present is so key. And it's something that just recently I, I've been studying. And, and it's something that I have committed to is being present. I remember when I was feeling burned out, I... I had trouble being present in the moment because I was so wrapped up in my misery, you could say, and, and being tired and being fatigued and, and working 16 hours. And But to be present, it not only helps a person's mindset, but you it's an automatic thing that you are a better caregiver because now I am focused on my patient completely, 100%. I'm not distracted by these negative thoughts and emotions. And so every day I, I set an intention to be present. And morning intentions are another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, by setting a, an intention to be fully present, it, it takes a while. But it, again, it's, it's, uh, it's habits. It's learning new habits, especially these these keystone habits, I, I've learned to call them. And um, so those are some things you can do um, to help that, uh, to be pre- fully present at work, to interact with your, your colleagues uh, or more deeply, you know, to ask your colleagues, how, you know, how is your family? How is your, mm-hmm. how is your family doing? How is your parents? And, you know, get to know your, your, colleagues on a personal level and that goes a long ways as well I talked to um, a nurse that is she was um, just kind of uh, surprisingly I guess for her she was raised into a leadership position from being um, an informal leader on her unit on a psych unit and she said that um, one of the things that they were struggling with is they didn't have leadership that really cared about the staff and she had that informal position so they put her into management gave her some training but um, mainly what she brought together was um, the concept of every morning like some of the places around here talk about the huddles the nursing huddles Mm -hmm. and not just because of talking about, you know, patients or uh, those kinds of things, but really kind of having that connection, that personal connection of where are you today, you know, on a scale mm-hmm. of 1 to 10, where are you and who needs the most support. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I love that. We do that. To really yeah. be able to be watching out for one another, kind of knowing that somebody's got somebody in the hospital and they're worried about them or, you know, uh, whatever else it is. But instead of uh, working against each other, which for uh, reasons I can't understand. It seems like nurses get into that where um, I'm not going to help her because whatever reason. Um, some of that co- we were talking earlier about bullying, and um, 
uh, many times you'll have people who want to kind of be in control. And by that, they want to keep everybody at odds with each other so that everybody has to come through them in order to kind of have any hope of having things go smoothly. Um, We are coming up against a break here again. So let's just take it now. and, um, And then we can come back in a couple of minutes and pick this up from here. Um, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer. We're talking about um, reigniting a love of nursing, and I'm here with Len Robertson and his wife, Patty Robertson. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact senior executive producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing, and this is Leanne Meyer. We're talking today, or we've been talking about um, reigniting a love of nursing. I'm here today with Len Robertson and his wife, Patty Robertson. Uh, Len has been writing a book about, um, uh, do you want to just mention that, and then kind of, uh, we were on the verge of talking about um, how we can improve um, 
the situations we're in where we have control over improving those situations. Uh, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about conflict. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the book uh, I'm writing, I, I'm calling it Love It or Leave It. And um, and it's essentially a, a guide, a guidebook to help reignite a love of career, whether it be nursing or I guess it would be applicable to any any field but uh, on the other hand if if you've exhausted all measures all maneuvers to try to reignite a love of your career then one segment I, I'm writing about is a means in which you should step back and maybe look for other options and um, and that's the the leave it portion um, so I, th- I think there's there's so much that we can do uh, both in our personal life and at work like we were talking about some of the things uh, you can do like presence and not working excessively not working too much overtime what can be done to prevent that Uh, I know especially young nurses have a tendency to want to work a tremendous amount which is okay but eventually my hope, in fact, I have a son and a future daughter-in-law that are um, both new nurses, and they're talking about all the work that they want, you know, the overtime and such. Get that money. <laughs> yeah, exactly, to pay off the, you know, whatever they loans they have. And so that's just, a, it's a natural tendency, but my hope is that people will step back and realize, you know, look at the big picture, look at um, life outside of work as well and how the the burnout or stress at work can carry over into their personal lives and um yeah i i think it's it's a fact patty um this may be a little diversion but she she did that she realized that uh she needed a diversion she took her two passions combined them and um and now she has this amazing service dog program. And mm-hmm. in fact, on the way here, she was what you were telling me about um, the letter that you had to write. The letter. I had to write. The, the thank you letter. Oh, but yeah. I mean, there's just so yeah. It's just important to you know, just always thanking the people that give you the foundation to do what it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. The um, being able to keep that passion going, especially now huge. when. Um, Finances, they're being pulled in so many directions, oh, not just within a family, mm-hmm. but from all the outside things that are going mm-hmm. on. Uh, I'm uh, amazed at how many times a day uh, I'm being asked for money. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of goes into being clear about your own, mm-hmm. uh, what your own um, values are and where you're going to put your limited um, mm-hmm. resources. Uh, but let's go back again. Um, one of the things that I've noticed on units that I've worked on is a lot of the difficulties that happen is that people don't really want to address the real issues. Um, I call it delivering the mail to the wrong mailbox. So I see a lot of nurses that are talking to each other about a problem they have with another nurse, but they'll never go to that nurse and talk with her which means either she never knows what it is 
you're upset about. She may know you're upset, but not know what it is you're upset about. And so there's no way she's probably going to change that behavior until she at least knows what it is. The other thing that I find nurses do is rather than addressing it themselves, they'll go to the manager or somebody else and they'll say, you know, Susie is really doing this terrible thing, and I really think you should talk to her about it and get her to change it. But don't use my name. I don't That's want so her. I don't want her mad at me. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is when the manager goes to Susie, the first thing Susie wants to know is who said that. And so then even, you know, anything else the manager says is going right out the window. She's wondering who was that person and looking around to see who is the person I can get back at. Whereas when I found that even though it takes a lot of courage, at least in the first few times you do it, uh, to actually go to that person I'm upset with and talk with them in an open way, not an argumentative way, but really... um, You might not know, but this is really something I'm struggling with with you, and I wanted to talk to you about it. Could we do that? You might have to set a time, a different time, because maybe, you know, if it's still on your shift, there isn't time to get into something really deep. But maybe you make an appointment to go for coffee somewhere and really sit down and talk about it. And most people, when they really think about it, would say they would rather have the person unhappy with them come and talk with them than to have it come from a supervisor and wonder, why on earth did that person not think they could talk to me? Right. So, <clears throat> In a sense, that is um, taking back control. Exactly. And that's part of what um, I feel is so important is... Nurses by nature don't want to be um, um, aggressive or they don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, nurses by nature are very passive people. But I think it's important that we do stand up for what we feel is right and mm-hmm. f- feel what we value. And we need to, we need to back that 100% and not feel uh, intimidated to to approach now this takes practice i understand it's it's it's, it's so difficult and for support people. and mentoring yeah. and a lot of other things people right. don't really necessarily realize that you can't just say okay now i'm going to do this right. it doesn't happen that way but it's anybody. really empowering though when you do do it right it's not a control it's control but it's mm-hmm. not a negative type control mm-hmm. right and it's it is incremental and if you do follow a system or a method like my book, Love It or Leave It. It, it there, The other thing I'd like to mention is how about a, a, accountability partner? You know, that's another thing that's really important. If, if you feel that you are in a position of, uh, of stress or burnout, find another person that is feeling the same thing and mm-hmm. maybe attack this problem together. You know, mm-hmm. really find someone that is feeling similar and um, an accountability partner and work through it whether you know there's a lot of resources out there uh, I, I just think it's it's very um, important that we not ignore it any longer I know there are there's very few studies on suicide among nurses however there is a, mo- a lot of them with physicians a lot with physicians and but I feel that it is just in my career, I know of three nurse anesthetists that have committed suicide. But it's not written. It's, there's no studies that that um, back that. You know, there's no statistics 
for nurses, but I, especially with the bullying thing, you mm-hmm. know, that's becoming such a, a hot topic because what is the result of bullying? There's reports right. of people committing exactly. suicide because of it. So, again, it, it's um, burnout and bullying and all, all these things. It's 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 such a, a big issue that needs to be addressed, and I think that it it can be addressed. And I, again, back to the leadership thing, it would be nice if we had more uh, support from upper management and uh, the middle management and like what Patty experienced you get a middle level manager that sees the big picture it can make an incredible difference for the staff I can think of a couple of different things what you're talking about um, finding somebody else who is having the same problem uh, one of the things I've noticed is that if there's one or two people on a unit that are having the same stressors, you know, over similar things, there's probably way more than that. And simply because we're not talking to each other necessarily or sharing those um, concerns, we feel like, oh, I should be able to handle this myself and nobody else is having a problem with this and why am I? And so we're self-denigrating rather than recognizing there is a problem here and if I'm having this problem, other people are too. And then you you get the support of the other people maybe to be able to sit down and say, okay, here's the problem we have. Um, one of the issues that we had when I was working on an OB floor was that we would have, you know, standard months, and then you'd have that time when the full moon would be out, and and uh, <clears throat> everything would go crazy on the unit. We didn't actually have a crisis plan in place, so it was like inventing the wheel as we went along. As more and more and more patients were pouring in, what are we going to do? And so, we finally said, "This is such a, a critical." stressor for all of us we need to have some plan in place and so that's what we did we made a committee and we figured out uh, what could what could be possible and we actually figured out how we could utilize uh, a part of the um, the hospital that was not being used uh, it was a, a unit that had been shut down that we realized that by working with uh, housekeeping with working with some of the other departments that in a crisis we could get a, a unit like that opened up and then bring in staff to staff that unit. In my case, it was a mother-baby um, uh, situation. So we would take um, patients that were almost ready to go home and they would be moved to that unit. Mm-hmm. And then coming up with the co- communications so that the pediatricians and the doctors knew where their patients had gone. And um, we even were able to create Uh, some special rooms, four rooms that were set aside, uh, again, on a a unit that was closed down, but was close to our unit. And we were able to, just with a few hundred dollars, um, get them so that they looked really pretty and welcoming and warm Mm -hmm. for mother baby to come to. And so it, we just felt like uh, we were so excited, you know, because we had figured this out. We, it wasn't something that came down from administration or it wasn't, you know, because of some horrible accident that had happened. Um, uh, we had proactively seen 
what was going to be a potential problem in the future, and we dealt with it. Mm. And so we uh, fortunately only had to use it a couple of times, but even just knowing it was there was something that, that helped us. Um, do you want to say anything more? We're kind of coming up to the end here again. Okay. <clears throat> but I wanted to uh, see if there's anything else that you either of you would really like to get out to nurses in particular about this. Well, I would like to invite anyone to reach out to me if, if they have questions, concerns, if they you know agree or disagree. Um, I can be found on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Len Robinson. Um, or if, you're, if you'd like, you could email me at uh, len at illumination.com. That's uh, I-L-L-U-M-E-A nation, illumination. And uh, I'd be happy to you know, network with anyone, uh, support anyone, coach anyone. <laughs> okay. So. Um, Patty, anything you'd like to share? No, I think... Um I think it's just really important to know that there are resources available and you're not in it alone. And if you're feeling it, somebody else is feeling it. And, um, and, and you have, the more you stand up for yourself and protect yourself, um, the better outcomes for patients. And that's mm-hmm. what we're in it for. And the stronger so taking, relationships that yeah, you develop. Taking care of yourself, it's, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It can be looked at as a bad thing when, in, in turn, is actually a really good thing. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think that is so very true. There are lots of things out there for managers. Um, I think that uh, when I was working at the unit I was in um, just before I left, I had created a conflict uh, resolution for uh, charge nurses. And what I realized was that that kind of training would go just so far down. It would be at the um, uh, the administrative level and the director level and some of those down to probably a manager level. But when it came to the actual nurses on the front line who were dealing with the most stress of anybody with patients, with their families, with you know, death situ- situa- life and death situations with doctors, with, you know, so many people in an environment that is so uh, potential for toxicity because everybody is at such a high level of stress and not at their best, you know, their best person. So that would be one of the things I hope um, can happen in the future that these kinds of programs could be available to um, the frontline nurse and uh, be able to work on those. Um, I also Absolutely. think that the, mil- the millennial nurses, but especially the new generation, is called the Z, Z-E-E generation. And I'm going to be real interested to see what that generation will bring in. Um, just having all those generations working together causes stress also if we're not listening to and appreciating each other. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of room for improvement and lots of things that I think the individual nurse can actually do that will reinvigorate her and will remind her that she really does love the job that she came into. So I'm hoping we can have more nurses coming into this and staying in it and um, making it a profession that we can all be really, really proud of again. Right. Yeah, we are, Patty and I are vested. We have, like I said, a son and a future daughter-in-law that are just starting and they're very excited and eager and it's it's really fun to see their excitement my hope is that that excitement will 
remain for years to come. <laughs> um, this is a whole other show, but I really feel like a lot of the nursing, um, they're, they're getting such um, high-level um, educations now. And I think that <clears throat> some of that is giving them more confidence uh, in being able to see themselves as equal to those other people that are uh, at the at the table making decisions about what nurses do. Mm-hmm. I think nurses overall can will do a better job if they're not just listened to, but they're heard. Right, they're actually heard, and something actually happens from it. Exactly. Yeah, we we really have to close, but um, this has been very interesting, and I've really enjoyed the conversation with you. This is once a nurse, always a nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And um, I am really grateful to have both Lynn and Patty Robinson. I apologize. I think I was saying it wrong, was I? Um, That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) But thank you both for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. A lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.